Hi, I'm Jen. Hi, I'm Max. And we are Scientists to Read, the podcast. And this is our first this is our first proper book episode, right, Jen? Yes, very exciting. It's a good book to start with. We have a lot to say. Yes, it's a good book to start with. <laughs> it's, it's not a very good book. It's a good book to start a podcast. With. <laughs> wow, biased from the get go. I love it. Spoiler alert! I hate um, it. It's a very scientist to read book to start with, so that's yes, good. absolutely. Um, it's been a while since we last recorded. Um, yes, it has. So I, th- I think the main thing that's happened since then is that you're now actually a doctor, not I almost am. a doctor. So that's exciting. Very exciting. Congratulations for the hundredth time, Dr. Jeff. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah. We've also we've also decided to start recording in the daylight and on a on a weekend in the morning so that we yes. can so that we can drink coffee. <laughs> yes. And because coffee. we're more awake at this time. So hopefully I, I hopefully we'll ramble a little bit less than <laughs> than we'd anticipated. So yeah, should we should we get into the book? Have you got anything Absolutely. else? Absolutely. To... No. Let's go. Cool. Well, today we're going to be discussing um, Love on the Brain. So we read Love on the Brain in January of 2023, and it was for our theme, New Year, New Book. So we were reading like a newly released or recently released in the past six months book. So... It was a good one to discuss and start the year off with, right? I think it was a very... Yes, absolutely. People felt very strongly about this in one way or another. <laughs> yes, I think it was overwhelmingly negative, though. Yeah, definitely on like definitely on some very important aspects of the book, I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah we'll get into like people's opinions in a little bit. Let's let's talk about quickly what the book is about. <laughs> what is the book about? What is the book about? Apparently. It's a, it's a romance. <laughs> it is. It's a romance. Um, and neither of us are particularly big romance readers in general. Yeah, this, that's probably a good a good disclaimer to make in that we... Yes. <laughs> Yeah, we're not we're not experts in in the genre. Although I have like I have read a few more over the recent years. Um, you know, we've done a few romance read-alongs. Um, thanks to thanks to our romance queen Helena. Um, <laughs> and I have read some that I've enjoyed. So it's not like I just hate all romance. Yeah, but I mean, on paper, this seems like a one that we would enjoy because the main character is a female scientist, which is awesome and it's yeah. great that there's books being published with female scientists as the main characters but <laughs> <laughs> I don't think this book particularly does a very good job at being like oh this is a badass female scientist it it doesn't even quite encompass the whole badass female scientist no, it situation it tries um, to yeah it tries to and it's like it's it's part of I think it was the second one in the yes in sort of these series of novels by Ali Hazelwood. Oh yeah, that that's the author, Ali Hazelwood. Mm-hmm. I should have said that at the start. Anyway, you all know this probably. Anyway, the main premise of the story is it's, you know, it's it's a romance. You have this female scientist. It's a, like the, I think she calls the series like the Steminist, um, which I have 
other issues with, to be honest. But yeah. that's that's the sort of that's the premise. You have this female scientist who is a cool scientist, um, exclamation marks with my coffee. Um <laughs> who she's in this case, B is our main character. She's she's a neuroscientist, I think, right? Um Yes. Yeah. And she starts like it's sort of the the sort of introduction is that she starts to work on this project at NASA to make it's helmets a really for astronauts. Cool project. Yeah, which sounds awesome. I would it have is... read a whole book about this project. <laughs> yes. Um, I mean, I, I wish I knew more about neuroscience to know if any of the science was sound. Um, yes, because neither of us are neuroscientists. So. Or engineers another, on that other side of things. Yes. So, I, yeah. We I would... don't work at NASA. <laughs> no. Yeah, I would like to. Mm, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. So yeah, NASA. If you you know need a microbiologist, <laughs> sign me up. Anyway, <laughs> but yeah. So the premise is she goes. She goes to NASA. Starts to work on this project. Um, we're gonna keep the the first introductory bit. Um, sort of spoiler free, and then we'll warn you if this you know when we get to the spoilers. Apart from our opinions, which we've already kind of touched on. <laughs> yeah. So she goes to NASA to work on this project, right? And there she meets her project co-lead. Levi. Levi, who is her sort of nemesis. nemesis. <laughs> Apparently. So yeah. they work together during her PhD um, and she thought he absolutely hated her because he didn't treat her very well. He was basically just being a moody man. Yes. And he continues to do that. He does continue to do that at NASA. He doesn't treat her very well at all. Just looking at the cover of the book and knowing that it's a romance, I don't think it's a spoiler to say. Shark, he doesn't actually hate her. He's just very bad at expressing his feelings. Yes, very bad. (laughs) And continues to do so through the the course of this book. (laughs) So they're the two main characters. And then there's some side characters as well who are actually much more interesting in my opinion than yes. the main characters. Yeah, I agree actually. I really like I really like Rothia, her research assistant. She's yes. really cool. On the face of it, it's a book about a female scientist in a male dominated field. And I think it is kind of sold as a really empowering feminist book, which I disagree with. Yes, I do too. And it's very predictable. Yeah. I think we can probably like sharing our initial thoughts before we get to sort of the spoiler loaded section of the discussion (laughs) in case anyone then wants to stop. But yeah, I, I very much agree. I think it's sold as a steminist, feminist, cool scientist story, which I'm obviously on board with, but it does not, really deliver it's i think to me it's a very stereotypical romance and it's a very stereotypical image of a female scientist and a male scientist and that she has to sort of fight her way through this male dominated field which is obviously true like you're saying like that is that is real life but the way the way that's overcome isn't really overcoming it because she's very much relying on this big strong man to kind of save her and not even it maybe it's not even that she's relying on him it's more that that he's he's putting himself in that position and i don't appreciate that 
<laughs> yes, I absolutely agree. I don't think this is a spoiler either. Is the whole she's a woman in science, so she has to be obsessed with Marie Curie. It's stereotypical in every so way. So stereotypical. Marie Curie is like the starter female scientist that when you kind of first become interested in women in science, obviously Marie Curie is the one that you think about. Yeah. Um, but Marie Curie, I mean, she was incredible and a trailblazer and, you know, she did have a really interesting backstory, but she's not the only one she wasn't a neuroscientist to begin with so why is this neuroscientist completely obsessed with Marie Curie when there's so many female neuroscientists that could have been given kind of some exposure in this context yeah absolutely like even if that's not your field like it doesn't take long to like just google and look up some neuroscientists who could have acted exactly as role models in this scenario like instead you're giving more airtime to this figure of Marie Curie who yeah like you're saying she was obviously she did a lot of important things in her time but there is like we need to stop talking about the same couple of female scientists over and over again it's very it's very stereotypical and you're like oh maybe she's trying to connect with the reader but but also use the opportunity to educate people yeah like literally from a very quick google search i have just found a list of female neuroscientists and i mean the one that jumps out that i have heard of before but i don't think a lot of people have is rita levi montalcini who she won the nobel prize in 1986 there you go. You've got a Nobel Prize winning female scientist who is in the same field as the main character. Use that and educate people rather than just churning out something else involving Marie Curie, who everyone knows who she is. Yeah, I think I think that's one thing that perhaps maybe it is slightly disappointing with that whole series of books because I like Ali Hazelwood is a scientist, right? Yeah. Even though we don't know exactly what or how or where because I've actually tried to I've tried to see because she uses an alias Ali Hazelwood isn't her real name so she apparently she is a neuroscientist yeah so like she should know other female neuroscientists right I wouldn't I wouldn't ask her to like fulfill every you know everything it's it's still a romance book and it's still fiction you can't like pack everything in there it's still meant to be entertaining but absolutely to like enforce these stereotypes when you have the opportunity of a platform like she's she's grown in popularity so quickly over the last few years with with these books and the stem romance situation like you have the opportunity to share an insight into stem with readers Mm -hmm. who aren't in STEM. Like we're discussing this obviously from a STEM perspective. It's not really going to change our view of the field. We know what it's like. Yeah, I think that's just kind of disappointing to me. I feel like I would have I would have hoped to have had that a bit better balanced. I think you haven't kind of you kind of have a responsibility to represent when you're writing books like that. So I've just been having a quick look on Ali Hazelwood's website um to see if I could find out any more information and there's like a summary of each book which I haven't looked at this before so this is like my first reaction and she's saying that B lives by a simple code what would Marie Curie do which she is yeah but then this goes on to say 
Um, if NASA offered her the lead on a neuro- neuroengineering project, Mary would accept without hesitation, duh. But the mother of modern physics never had to co-lead with Levi Ward. I have so many issues with that. Marie Curie had to go through so much. Yeah. To get where she was. Like, no, she would never had to co-lead with Levi Ward because she wasn't allowed to. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, that no, is just... Yeah, no, that's not a good statement. I have statement. many issues with that. To me, that's dubbing down Marie Curie. Yeah, absolutely. It's like, oh, all the things she's had to overcome couldn't have possibly been as bad as working with Levi Ward. <laughs> yeah. Which, like, I find him annoying, don't get me wrong. But Oh, no, she has to... Marie Curie, the point is that Marie Curie probably never would have had the opportunity to co-lead no. on such a fantastic, groundbreaking research project. No, and like she she had to overcome so much more than that. Yeah, literally. <laughs> and to this day, people still say that Marie Curie wouldn't have got to where she was without her husband, which, you know, there's some truth to that because she she probably wouldn't have been taken seriously. Oh, based but, on the time, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but she, she did it all herself still. So, yeah. And the whole Star Wars thing Oh, don't is, even... <laughs> like all of them they all say like in all of these descriptions they're all like like an avenging purple haired Jedi bringing balance to a mansplained universe it's really simplifying any of that like yeah and again like it, I get it's fiction I get it's romance it's not meant to be like some in-depth discussion of feminism in STEM or whatever but you <laughs> If you boil it down to such simplified terms, it doesn't really do it any favours, yeah. I don't yeah. think. I really don't think this is a good feminist women in STEM book. No. I don't I, think it's yeah. a good representation or like it's not even empowering. I think mm. it's the exact opposite for me. Yeah. Which this may take us into the spoilery section. Yeah. Probably. I think I think we, we can probably start. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. We need like Spoilers. a sound sound yeah. thing. Like okay. a klaxon, like an alarm. <laughs> the spoiler alarm. <laughs> oh, the actual spoiler alert. Oh, I like that. So, I mean, following on from kind of what we were just saying, in that it's great that it's a book about female scientists, but... Every single time B gets into an issue in this book, Levi rescues her and saves her. Yes. And it's like, no, women in STEM are capable of solving their own problems. It's literally a step back to have a female character constantly being helped out in all her problems, problematic situations yeah. by this big, strong man. Yeah. And I think as well, like, I'll, I'll set. I'll set brief context for for anyone who's happy to listen to the spoilers but doesn't want to or hasn't read the book is that basically B arrives to start on this project um, and really nothing's ready for her and she tries to get involved with the project but everything there seems to be loads of bureaucratic hurdles and no one seems to be happy to help I mean that's realistic (laughs) oh absolutely yeah very much so but like it it seems on the face of it at the beginning, like Levi is putting loads of hurdles in her way on not responding to emails and not trying to help when in reality, we later find out he was actually behind the scenes trying to help because there were other higher 
forces yeah. trying to put barriers he in the way. He still wasn't responding to emails and he was still acting really but unprofessional. Exactly that, <laughs> because like the thing, and it's, that's it. what always bothers me about romance and just, I mean, just life in general. I think if people don't communicate clearly, yes. how the hell is anyone meant to do anything? Like she, like, she was clearly like she was sending him these emails clearly stressing out about like she's going to NASA and then actually can't do any work because none of her equipment is arriving and all that sort of stuff like all he would have had to do is explain the situation to her and even like tell her that he's trying to help because yes he's been at NASA longer he has connections it's actually like a good thing that he's trying to get it sorted but like that doesn't that actually helping doesn't make him like a savior type figure necessarily but the way he frames it and the way he hides it from her and all that sort of stuff is really no it's a no yeah i think he is really toxic and Uh manipulative Uh throughout the whole thing and basically just is childish yes very much so towards the end of the book we find out that Levi has actually been in love with B ever since he met her. Surprise! Shock. <laughs> Who could have seen that coming? No one. But instead of kind of just being nice to her, because he, she was in a relationship at the time. When they um, first met. Yeah. When they first met. When they first met, she was in a relationship. So he obviously couldn't act on his feelings, mm. which is fine. You know, a lot of people are probably in those situations. Yeah. But rather than, you know, just being a nice person, he decides to go the opposite way mm-hmm. and just be an awful human to her. Yeah. He just treats her terribly. Like he could have even just ignored her. Yeah. If it's hard for him to be nice when he has feelings and yes. like which is just so many issues. And it's so immature. Very toxic, like, like everyone you said. can be, especially in an environment like a work environment like yes you've got to be professional yeah and i get that this is a fictional book it's you know these aren't real people but you know for any i mean i know these aren't kind of they're not young adult books because no but teenagers will read these yes they will Um, yeah and this is not a good representation of kind of how to treat people no or He's the love interest. Like, why, after you've been treated that way, like, sure, I get that there's sexual tension, but my God, you don't want to have a relationship with someone like that. No, it is so, so toxic. And it's just the way that at the end it's framed to be, like, amazingly romantic that actually has been in love with her the whole time. And it's like, well, yeah, he might have been in love with you, but he didn't treat you properly. He didn't treat you right. And he didn't even really, like, change that much. Like, he wasn't... Obviously, he then sort of eventually admitted his feelings, but he, like, it's not like he was then being totally open about everything and stuff. Like, it's not like he had, like, this, this massive, like, you know, redemption arc where he was like, oh, actually, I was being an immature person yeah. at the time i shouldn't have acted that way it's like I, it's all justified i realize what i've done wrong like and it's like no it's not none of that behavior yeah. is justified so any young people no who may have stumbled upon this podcast hi 
Hi. You deserve better than to be treated <laughs> like this. Don't let people treat you like this. Yeah. And and if you go into STEM, don't take this as the STEM like rep is just how not good people should in be. This book. No. And I think that's what I like I think generally speaking, cause like we said before, we would try and well, we we would try and be <laughs> I neutral. Can't be neutral with this book. <laughs> That's going well so far. Um, but I mean, yeah, we're obviously going to share our opinions, and I think we want to also try and share the opinions that we know of of the people yes. that we've spoken to in the book club. So I think like there were we did have mm-hmm. plenty of people who enjoyed it, um, and I I think on the surface, and if you take it as a quick, yep. entertaining yep. read, um is you know it's not a very long story it's yes easy to read um it's kind of on the surface it's kind of just cool to have something that's set in science um but i think if you dig deeper and i think that's what did like a lot of people came around to um seeing more of that when we had the discussion is that really it's just not a good representation of people in stem i went back and i asked uh, people like on our Instagram stories asking people about what the what they think about the representation of STEM in this book mm-hmm. um people's responses were not very accurate terrible shocking and I wish she'd chosen someone else than Marie Curie for her Twitter so yes yeah tallies with what we've been saying Twitter let's talk about let's Twitter. talk about the Twitter situation I mean so for anyone who's not read the book, she B has like an anonymous Twitter account called What Would Marie Curie Do? Where people ask questions about kind of their own situations. It's a bit kind of like, I don't know whether anyone follows their like academic chatter on Twitter, which is like a similar kind of thing. They will like reshare questions that people have about academic life and PhD life. So it's kind of that aspect of people asking questions about being a female scientist and she will reshare them and people will give advice in that context I think it's fine to use Marie Curie because it like she is a good role model for women in STEM it's the rest of the Marie Curie stuff that I wish could have been a bit more different women in STEM so she has a friend on Twitter who is also anonymous um schmackademic I think is his name. Yeah, that's right, I think. Um, And so they're both anonymous accounts and they are really good friends though and they chat all the time and share advice and talk about their situations and lots of discussion going on. And then you're meant to be really, really, really shocked that you find out that this is Levi and it is so obvious Yeah. All the interactions that Schmackademic is Levi. We had an extensive discussion. Well, we have had an extensive discussion we about have, it before. Yes. And with people in the book discussion where it's not clear whether you're meant to know or not yeah. as a reader, right? Either way, it either <laughs> frames it as the reader must be really naive and not realize that this was Levi all along. Yeah. Or the reader knows and is meant to know 
But now thinks that B is absolutely naive and doesn't realize that she's talking to the same person. And it's like, no one, like, it, it's not, it's not a good outcome regardless. Because like, yes. what, so you're trying to, you either making your reader look silly or your main character look silly. Yes. Like, <laughs> what? It's so, like, so obvious. Like, the Twitter guy will talk about things in his life that have happened to Levi that day. But yeah, he'll talk about stuff that is so blatantly the things it's that so she's obvious. like witnessed and stuff. Because then there's all that Twitter drama as well, like right. There like is the, all the Twitter. The, the, yes, the crisis in the book is because of Twitter drama. I'm trying to remember what happens. Yeah, I can't fully remember it. <laughs> it is August when we are recording this, and we read this book in January. Oops. Yeah. So actually, I didn't. I didn't read it in January. I tried to. Oh, I yes. got one chapter in and I was like, I cannot read this. But then I tried again because I really do want to read all the books in the book club this year. Um, I mean, mainly because <laughs> we've started a podcast about them. I need to be able to talk about them. I So I listened to the audio book, which added to the Twitter situation because the, the narrator used different voices for... Levi and uh, B and use the exact same voice <laughs> for Twitter guy and I would understand if it was kind of just the generic male voice that she used throughout the narration but it wasn't it was the exact same voice she used to narrate any of Levi's parts so as an audiobook listener I think it's really difficult not to know immediately that this is Levi. And it's just predictable. Even if it wasn't obvious, like it was in the book, I think I still would have figured it out because it's so predictable. Yeah. I mean, I yeah, I read the physical book and it's really obvious. Yeah. I think the Twitter drama that happens is that like basically, I mean, it, it boils down to someone's someone's trying to get her in trouble and logs onto her yes. Twitter account and like does something that what would Mari do? is doing something that she shouldn't be doing and then everything kicks off yes. because she obviously has quite a big following and then mm -hmm. like she that's sort of like the big the big drama there is like science drama as well about them trying to like obviously tr people are trying to like put like put barriers in their place of actually trying to work on this and then there's like all this sort of drama going on in the background yeah there's um, actually quite a lot of drama oh there was another thing about the scientific aspect of it that bothered me is that and she does like i read i read her previous book the love hypothesis as well yeah i've not read that one it tallies with the whole Marie Curie thing is that all of the interactions there is constant reference to science things yes and like like I love science you love science we're, we're literally a book club that calls itself scientists who read but like we there is more to our personalities than just science yes. and it kind of bothers me that like like I like it when people throw scientific references in the conversation, but it, not in every yes. sentence. No. Like we spent a whole day together yesterday, and 
shock we managed to not reference everything back to science yeah like we had like one conversation about science but otherwise we were like we probably throw more book reference into our conversations than science but like like it i just feel like it it can be kind of dangerous to portray scientists as that's all scientists do it's a stereotype isn't it yeah it's that stereotype that scientists can only be interested in science which is one of the things that we kind of fight with the book club is that we can do other things too. Yeah, we can do other things, we can enjoy other things, and that doesn't make us any less of a scientist. Like, I obviously, like I, like I get that you would throw maybe a bit more of that in there in a book just because it's kind of funny. It's just <laughs> like, it's not, that's not what happens all of the time. And specifically, it's not stereotypical science most of Mm -hmm. the time because actually most scientists sort of have quite a narrow niche of expertise absolutely (laughs) i know nothing about the majority of science i know a lot about a very very small tiny topic so you wouldn't like you wouldn't go and like start randomly thinking about the physics of something or like i would actively avoid thinking about the (laughs) physics of anything (laughs) We should we should probably talk about the terrible LGBTQIA rep in this book also. No. Yeah. Um so we so have bad. we have I I mentioned Rothio, her research assistant, who actually he she's she's probably my favourite character in this. Yes. Um, yeah, she's great. <laughs> and I don't think that Ali Hazelwood did her justice, um, but I, I would, I would love for someone else to write a spin-off. Yes, <laughs> of else. her story. And um, she's, yeah. So she comes to, she's worked with B before. She comes to NASA with her as a research assistant. And during the time at NASA, she is hoping to apply for a PhD, which kind of feeds into that whole Twitter drama. It does. Yes. Yeah, because there's like that's I think it's all about standardized testing and how that's not like great. Um Yes. But w- which is like that that topic is actually like I think that's dealt with relatively well from what yes. I can tell. Yeah. Obviously I'm not in we're not in the US, so I'm not a hundred percent sure how it works there, but the, the arguments they're making seem totally valid. Um and they are coming largely from Rothia, not from yeah. <laughs> not from B herself, but she she's cool with Rothia, right? Like they mm-hmm. they have a nice relationship. So then Rothia and Kaylee, who's a, a project manager on the Blink project, which is that helmet project that they're working on, um, they sort of develop this relationship, those two. Um which yeah, I, they're I, the I, best characters. They're awesome and they're cool and they're not like they don't seem to be bad for each other. They seem to have a much healthier relationship than B and Levi do. Yes. <laughs> but they're very it does very much feel like it was a lesbian romance or yeah, like I guess sapphic romance thrown into that to have some representation for the sake of having representation. Yes. Definitely. I I would recommend everyone who wants to read romance just read actual queer romance because there's some really good books out there. Yes. But I don't like um 
when you have a very heteronormative main plot line and they throw things like that in there as a very like as a side quest that isn't yeah really covered very well super heteronormative oh incredibly so there's a hetero relationship and then there's the extent (laughs) to which this is male savior big strong man tiny woman tiny petite woman that always gets stuff in situations that she probably could solve herself if she Mm -hmm. was left alone to do it but the man has to come in and yes explain yeah that's another thing that i think we spoke about before about like getting yourself out of situations or fighting for yourself versus someone like supporting you or fighting on your behalf because there is a difference and like that if if any men are listening uh, i hope maybe maybe what <laughs> listen right listen <laughs> there is a difference between supporting non-men mm-hmm. and um standing up for people so that they don't have to do all of the fighting yes and being a savior because you can like you can speak up for someone for example like there's a scene and i like i hate it there's like a meeting and like everyone's talking over b and then like i think like someone speaks for her instead of no what you can do in that situation is tell everyone to shut up and listen like you can be helpful without making it about yourself yeah he is just patronizing i think is the word there and as i say that it's very interesting that patronizing sounds like patriarchy oh yes that is a surprise (laughs) for everyone i actually now want to look at the etymology of that word because i want to know if it actually does come from the same is the 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 patronite like the pat the same as patriarchy basically the patriarchy is the root of all evils do you have any other thoughts or do we are we at a point where we summarize i mean my only other thought and I don't want to make this podcast not suitable for work. Um, <laughs> but my only other thought is that there is a ridiculously, unnecessarily graphic sex scene. It's also just complicated. Yeah, it just, yeah, I hated it. Was um, this was this the one that you listened to out loud in your kitchen? Yes, I was, <laughs> I was doing like my Sunday morning kitchen clean had the audiobook on and it was so uncomfortable to listen to I had to stop the audiobook and I text you and I was like what on earth is this and it just felt unnecessary yeah no I I agree I don't mind spicy scenes if, if they good, kind yeah. of are well written or kind of contribute to the plot yeah but and I feel like this in a lot of books, actually. Yeah. And this has been something that we've been discussing on our Discord server recently, is that don't put them in for the sake of it. Yeah, absolutely. Because to, to me, anyway, this is my opinion. And I know that some people love spicy books. 
but I personally think it often just takes away from the plot and people will add it in just for the sake of yeah. it, which is how I felt in this. Yeah, and I think, like, obviously, like, I think it's it, it can be a very important part of romance and I get, I get what people enjoy spicy books. I like, I, I enjoy spicy books, but like you're saying, it should be, it should be well written. Like, I shouldn't have to literally and that happened in this book and I like I didn't even care that much but like rereading sentences because I could not understand why body parts were in the places that they were I didn't like I couldn't picture it so like make it less difficult to understand it takes away from the spice and as well I I think my opinion on like quite graphic scenes they can they they kind of um, almost alienate a group of readers who could be really uncomfortable reading situations like that. You know, I just think sometimes some authors, and it's not this is not just Ali Hazelwood either. It's just unnecessary of how graphic the detail is, especially in a book like this, though, where it would attract younger readers. I think it's it's probably a tricky one to balance I guess yeah. like cuz I know yeah, yeah, like absolutely. it can also be like for a lot of for a lot of people who read a lot of romance or like who 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 like romance it can be quite frustrating if there isn't that element I always think it would be good to just like I by the way I think you can give people information about a book without spoiling it one of those things is I think every book should have trigger warnings and content warnings yes yeah I don't know how well kind of advertised it is that this would wouldn't be suitable for like younger readers because I know a lot of Sarah J Mass books which are very explicit they do have warnings on the back to say the, mm. this book is not suitable for young readers. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's yeah, it's kind of weird with with books how there isn't like I guess there isn't like an age rating, but at the same time, like like I was saying with content warnings and stuff, I think it would be, it wouldn't be a spoiler to sort of include like a spice rating. I know that like a lot of reviewers, a lot of romance readers yes. do that, and I think that's useful. Like yeah, absolutely. No, useful. I agree. Because no matter what age you are, you have a preference of what you want in your book. Yes. Right. Yeah. Like you're saying, like clearly, like like we would probably steer towards different amounts of spice as well, and that's absolutely yeah. fine. Like that's just whatever who, whatever you enjoy, right? So yeah, and I think it does depend on the book as well. Like, I think because I disliked this book so yeah. much. It's probably biased me towards being like. Yeah, this I mean, is I guess if you don't really like the characters, like you don't really want to read about them having sex either. <laughs> I know, I really don't. <laughs> Not in the slightest. So I think you can probably tell that we have opinions on this book, um, and. I think in in summary, is it is it? Do you think Jen is is right to say that like yes to representation of STEM in fiction yes. because I love that yes. always, but I think it could have been done so much better, so much better. Yeah, that's my main opinion on this book. Is that 
I think it's great that books are being written with female scientists as the main characters, but I don't think in this case it is done well at all. Like it would have taken some like not so big changes in like the sort of the dynamic and the characters themselves to make it a little bit more representative. Like like we said before, I yeah. don't think like it is hard to make it perfect for everyone who reads it. And I get yeah. that. And I know that like and I do think that like it's it's still it's still enjoyable to a lot of people and especially if you can read it with a with a critical view. Like I wouldn't, for example, say that I'm never gonna read any of her books again. Like it's it wouldn't be my first choice. I think it is important to if if you're reading it, whether you're a scientist or not, it's important to look at some of the aspects of it critically. Yes. Absolutely. And it's it's fine. It's you know, it's a it's a quick read and it's still good to have some STEM rep. But I do like I would just hope that authors who include that representation maybe think a little bit more about what it portrays to everyone else about scientists yes definitely and i think if i had to rate this book out of five <laughs> i've just i've just looked back at my rating on storygraph mm-hmm. um and I, it was a one star <laughs> yeah um, and somehow the average rating of this book is 3.95 Mm. And I just I don't get that. But I I think in it like it's it's probably important to say that like and it'll be different with some of the books we're going to discuss in the future that like mm-hmm. we definitely have an incredibly biased view of this book. Yes. Yeah, um, absolutely. Both in the sense that we are scientists whereas probably the majority of readers are not and that's fine because the majority of the time I read a book I'm not in the same field as the main character right but we're biased in that sense and also the two of us specifically are not romance readers and if I read romance it's not this kind of romance so yes I just don't read romance if you want a few other opinions of other scientists to read, I've got a few. I asked people to describe Love on the Brain in three words. Um, I'll, I'll read you a sample of them. We have, no thank you. <laughs> we have Adam Driver Obsession, which yes. Yes, yes. That's where her inspiration Basically most the- of, yeah, most of Ali Hazelwood's main characters are Adam Driver and... Daisy Ridley from Star Wars. Um, a palette cleanser read. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Get it. That's, it's a quick read. I get that. Yeah. It's a very quick read. Yeah. I tried, but did not finish. <laughs> Awful bisexual representation. Yes. yes. Agreed. Um, Mind numbingly bad. That was you. <laughs> I was going to say, was that me? Because that sounds familiar. <laughs> the other thing that was interesting, I asked people to answer whether they would recommend this book um and the the options were because i wanted to know obviously um, the majority of our followers are people in stem so the answer options were i would recommend this book to everyone to people in stem to people not in stem or i wouldn't laughing face 34 percent of people said to everyone um 17 percent of people said to people in stem 7% of people said to people not in STEM and 
41% of people said I wouldn't. So it is, it's kind of interesting. Like there's still like quite a few people who would recommend it to everyone. Yeah. I do think like it does make me wonder that there's more people who would recommend it to people in STEM than to people not in STEM. I would be the opposite. Yes. I would say, well, I think obviously I can't confirm this, but I think that people not in STEM would probably enjoy this a bit more. Or be less I, def- I don't of think, it. yeah, I don't think I would necessarily recommend it to people in STEM other than for the fact that I would like to discuss it with them. I mean, I personally wouldn't recommend it. No. I wouldn't recommend this book. And if I ever wanted to read more romance, I would just go to Helena and ask her for recommendations. Yeah. So note to any listeners who want to read romance, go and talk to Helena. I think there are books with better STEM rap, some of which we will get to but we read lessons in chemistry for example and i think we will try and you know we'll find we'll find other books there's even other romance books with more uh stem rep of maybe where like the setting is not as stem rep e um but we read uh was it last year or the year before we read spoiler alert where the main character is a uh like a geologist i believe and that has more representation in other areas as well. Yeah. Like other ones that we've read actually are The Tenth Muse. Yes. And Honey Girl. Honey Girl, yes. And I that's kind of a Honey romance Girl. as well, actually. It is, actually. Yeah. I absolutely loved Honey Girl. It's queer. It's STEM. It's just it was lovely. It was just a really happy, nice book. And one for the next episode is I read Transcendent Kingdom and the main character was a biologist, which was really cool. That was better STEM rep than this. Oh, much better STEM rep, yeah. And much more like, yeah, there's showing that there's much more to a woman in STEM. In both like Honey Girl and um, Transcendent Kingdom, you've got a cool black woman who's a scientist, like awesome like so much better (laughs) so much better um and yeah like like we said there is better romance books but yeah definitely go to helena for for romance recommendations and it's also okay if you don't like reading romance like me yeah oh yeah absolutely like i mean we we very strongly encourage people to read whatever the hell they want to read absolutely should get that on a (laughs) t-shirt yes definitely (laughs) so yeah thank you for listening our very first episode yes we will we kind of promised this in our intro episode that this would be a very opinionated start to our our series (laughs) but yeah i think we we definitely will continue to try and obviously give you an overview of the book but we will be discussing our opinions a lot of the time reflecting the opinions of everyone else who we've spoken to which kind of well we've read a lot of them so a lot of people felt sort of a a similar way yeah thank you for listening to our very first book episode we've we're we're one month down out of currently (laughs) seven seven yes 
So slowly but surely getting there. <laughs> yeah. So if you if you enjoyed this episode, if you're not part of the book club yet, you can join us for free. Um we will have a link somewhere once we figured out where to put it. And you can find us on pretty much all of the social medias as scientists mm-hmm. who read. And yeah. Thanks. Thanks for thanks for listening, right? Yes. And hopefully you'll join us to discuss our next books. Yes. We we do have two books to discuss. It was just one book, but you can find out why it's two books in the, in next, the next episode. episode. <laughs> um so yeah, we'll we'll talk to you then, I guess. Well, we'll be talking to each Absolutely. other. You'll be listening to us talking. Apologies for that. (laughs) You made your choice to listen to us. Yeah, we'll see you in the next episode, I guess. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Well, I'll stop the recording. May is the perfect month to join in with the book club if you've been enjoying the podcast. This month's theme is science and fiction, and we're reading Anatomy, a love story by Dana Schwartz. (laughs) 